work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, the Christmas edition. Christmas edition. Merry Christmas. Festivus is afoot. I mean, not Festivus. Should we make it Festivus? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I'm Emily. I am the the host here. Sometimes mm-hmm. the other person across from me thinks he's the host. That, that other person being my husband, Jim Anger. Hello. Um, this podcast. You are Emily. Is did a, you say that you were Emily? I did say I was Emily. Oh. I I'm wearing my pastor's wife hat right now. You've you've been Emily. That's great. I love the pastor's wife hat. <laughs> it's it's so comfy. <laughs> Luckily, here at the Liberty Network of Churches, they actually actually the pastor's wife doesn't really have that many hats. It's more it's more of a chill job. You you yeah. do lose the like uh, kind of like a reserved for pastor's wife parking spot, but that's okay because I don't have to show up. <laughs> also true. No, I I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you do show up okay. unless that was a threat. Yeah, I'm not sure where this is there going. There was that pastor's wife book where the pastor's wife decides to just hang out at the Jersey Shore all summer. Yeah. Instead of, I mean, that was the New York-based pastors thing to yeah, be, that, to be that, emotionally healthy. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a New York-based pastor, so th- they need that up there. Like down I here, we don't like, have to worry about I being emotionally like healthy. I could be more emotionally healthy if I just took January off and like went to an island. Mm. That oh. would make me more emotionally healthy. Post Sunday blues coming at you from Aruba. Okay. I guess Rube is not an island. Anyhow, this uh, this podcast is the time when I get to sit with my husband Jim Anger mm-hmm. in his um, robe and hair hair bun pony hair pony. <laughs> my hair pony. <laughs> if you guys could see it, it's even better. Dirty. It's, I, I mean, I think it's it's like the podcast feed, right? There's the picture of Jim with his hair, mm-hmm. his hair up. It's it's if you can imagine that hair being put in a ponytail. That is mm. Jim's hair pony. Mm. Maybe that will be um, season five of the podcast. We'll we'll make that the cover art. <laughs> I like it. Um, and and I might, I did want to say I'm not sure. Or you may not have been planning on bringing this up, but for the first time, I think, this past Sunday at church, two separate times, Uh-oh. you got the, hey, so you're Emily. Oh, my gosh. It I, was I was awesome. not going to bring this up. Yes. Well, I I am the secondary host. So, yes, Emily, for two different n- relative newcomers to church, they were like, I know that voice. Yeah. I have heard the podcast. So, congratulations, baby. You are internet famous. How did it feel? So welcome, welcome guest, welcome people who <laughs> only hear me and my voice. Um, I, I do feel like I, I feel like we present a little bit differently in the podcast as we do in in real life. I'd actually like to. He- I don't know if oh. there's people who like met us previously who like have gained new insight mm-hmm. into us as a couple from the podcast, but it is it has it has been kind of fun. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I don't. I don't even know what to say. You're See, I'm Emily. not the one. I'm I've, the host. I've I'm the one you. asking questions. You were not allowed yeah. to turn the tables. Sorry me. about that. And in, in high school, my friends did 
say constantly about me that I would marry a woman from the internet. So this has come true. <laughs> right, really? Right that was pre-internet. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Okay. That's a joke. Okay. Um, the house lights have been down for a while and the show has not started. I'm sure mm. the people are that the crowd is getting anxious. So I feel like we need to move into things. <laughs> Some, that sometimes you keep them hanging. Call it Stormy Monday where um, this section where we you kind of jump in and, and start uh, – peeling back the layers of your sermon mm -hmm. um, it is christmas week so i feel like that's what we should start with like this is the context um this is the context of your week your mm -hmm. week has been so crazy busy right <laughs> absolutely so yes and a couple weeks before christmas with the sermons the whole question for preachers is do you go with the flow and in your sermons intimate and acknowledge, so this is Christmas, or do you preach a sermon that has nothing to do with, with this season at all? Does and anyone do that? Most of the time, <laughs> preachers go with the flow. I mean, as, like the Scottish, to, the to Scottish people. Uh, that, that is true. That's a tangent. So, well, well just, just to stay on that for just a second, we talked earlier this fall about the Scottish Free Church. The only sing psalms, the huge Sabbatarians. Another thing they did is they, they did not celebrate typical christian holidays so there there was no christmas eve service in the scottish free church tradition because kind of christmas crazy. is every week that's because christmas is every week that's right so my my uh my good scottish presbyterian <laughs> wife emily that's what i call you all the time so i feel like that's how it should be i think we should cancel christmas we should just celebrate christmas every week we don't need to give presents. We don't need to make a hubbub. Are you no. speaking as pastor's wife or simply no harried no scrambler elves. before Christmas? No, with... the decorating is fine, but the taking down decorations in January. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Scottish, so, the Scottish have it right. Scottish have it right. We'll get there. And the feelings that I was carrying I'm going into the sermon last week were simply that the holidays are great, and then the holidays are hard. Yeah. And so we wanted to capture within the scope of this sermon that, that duality of, of both. I, I mentioned, I think, about a third of the way through the sermon, the Simon and Garfunkel song, Silent Night, 7 O'Clock News. Did Have you heard that song either after the blog came live or, or beforehand? I know. Did you listen I, to it? I'm sh I did not listen to it as I was reading your blog. By the way, that okay. is, is that your blog post? Um, yeah. Your blog post... Uh, sales pitch what is the word i'm looking for we're, we're podcasting Promo. earlier in the morning than usual and i feel like my coffee hasn't like seeped into my bones quite mm. as much as it usually does <laughs> so your blog post that is another tangent that uh plugging the blog post plugging was the word i was looking for yes you're plugging the blog yeah. no i um i don't believe in music so <laughs> <laughs> Simon and Gar Garfunkel. I did like your this blog. Is such a misanthropic. I'm trying to get. I was a misanthropic one. I tried to get into the spirit of your sermon, which was like Christmas is bah, hard. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas is sad. Right. Christmas is distressing. So, so were you making a point about the blog either way? <laughs> you were asking. You asked me about the Simon and Garfunkel. Have I listened to it? No, yes. I have not. Would you like to sing it for okay, us? Okay, so. Uh, Silent Night, 7 o'clock news, talked about in the sermon how there's this great rendition of Silent Night. But then after the first few lines of Silent Night, there's this voiceover of a simulated newscast, 7 o'clock news, when the anchor drones through all the terrible things that were going on in the late 1960s. And if that 
song at first is jarring because you're you're in the you're in the mood for Art Garfunkel singing Silent Night, but then all of these other intrusions occur. By that same token, that is how our lives feel. Whether we're people that identify as Christians as not, we want the warmth of the season, but then we get the cold, hard realities crowding in all around too. Right. I I feel that obviously since <laughs> I've been grousing so much. <laughs> When we think about the term even of this section, call it Stormy Monday, Mm -hmm. where you kind of want Christmas to be beautiful and warm and cheerful and lights. But then uh, the headlines that you're reading, uh, you asked me the other day, like, what are you reading? Because I was like in bed for longer than you were scrolling. Right. (laughs) And it was a New York Times cover piece. That was. (laughs) I guess it was in some sense of the word. But it was talking about about, uh, the the missile strikes on on um iraq and from obama years on and Mm -hmm. how um civilian deaths have been kind of ignored anyway that's christmas week like we're omicron or omicron how do you pronounce that i say omicron Uh, okay omicron you're looking at me like that's wrong (laughs) is this a joke no anyway (laughs) omicron (laughs) in the news spreading we're so fatigued all my pandemic from it. humor i know Go ahead, i don't babe. even understand your pandemic humor that's the coffee the lack of coffee again but it's been it's always a tricky line to navigate i think that me particularly i do always walk this line at christmas time of being stressed out and yeah um and also like longing for something that maybe is impossible to get to yeah and and neither of us are strangers to baselines of melancholia at different points in our lives right which relates um still calling it stormy monday here but i went back and forth about whether or not to include this sermon text in the advent sermon series because it's so brutal this is the next section you're you're talking about the next well i was feeling and i was feeling in a general way uh, the the unpleasantness of of the of the passage, but then wanted also to allow this sermon to be a meditation. I think we talked about this last week a little bit too. The the power of story. Sure. Thinking about how whatever stories we believe that are true about ourselves and true about the world truly mold and form our experiences this holiday. And how might a story even as brutal on the surface is this one be molding to us in a constructive way right well we can move along to that sun studios and mm. talking Presence specifically the about Lord. the passage for today with that mm-hmm. um yeah this is an interesting passage have you used this in a christmas store christmas sermon before no i think so, so new and fresh last week yeah getting yeah get, you getting talked about how all, all the stories are the same right but this week you decided let's pull in one yeah, let's that, pull in something new that was probably a factor in and just wanting to keep things fresh for me so last weekend we were talking about how preaching on the visit of the wise men or magi to jesus is, feels like a little bit of a slog because i've dealt with that text so many sure. times over the years I don't know if I've ever preached about this passage in any context. And right. so it was interesting. So that was to... a new fresh challenge for you. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, we we got to keep ourselves fresh, right? Yeah. And I think that this year is a good year to bring in the complications of mass murder. Just because, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think we're feeling it. I, like, and it, it's also a good contextualizing factor where we realize, like, we ourselves, humanly, in New Jersey here, mm-hmm. um, we are not facing 
mass murder. We're not facing like refugees. Like we're not the refugees. Right. Um, our world has refugees. Um, but we ourselves, even though we might be feeling the stress, like my stress is like, oh my gosh, Jesse wants things from Urban Outfitters, which are like ten thousand dollar thrift store finds. Right. Um, yeah, the, that's not the, really that big of a stress. The way that you put it was thrift store looks with department store prices yesterday. Yeah, even higher than department store. Right, like, boutique. Yeah. Hipster boutique. Yeah, hipster boutique is Urban Outfitters. Um, I get it. But anyway, it is not the like refugee searching for a home. Right. Um, so so I think that this year is the appropriate year to be looking at this Bible passage. Do you want to talk about it more? Sure. Just to orient, this is the famous flight to Egypt of Joseph, Mary, and the child Jesus against the backdrop of Herod going absolutely crazy and seeking to kill because he had been told by the wise men that this king was being born into the world, the, the true ruler of Israel and all things, killing all of the male children under two years world two years old. So there is this forced flight to Egypt and and then return again, and that's sort of the whole story. So what I tried to unpack at the level of the text was that this truly is a two-level story where there is the flight to Egypt itself and the return. So there's a lot of hardship there, which I guess I talked about after dealing with this other layer. This is one of the most richly echoed passages in the New Testament from the Old Testament. And so I spent more time than usual, I think, doing some textual analysis and exposition, right. trying to get all of those Old Testament overlays in there. Right. Mostly connecting to Moses, the story of Moses. Yes. Who Israelites really viewed as as one of the one of the I don't know. What is the word? Founding fathers. One yeah. of their. Yeah, they're their touchstones, their primary deliverers. The... Right. And back to story again, like yep. that, this this story of Moses um, being rescued in the water during the mass murder the of mass murder. children. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that bringing in the literary analysis part and just like I think that there's something about, you know, why does literature contain these narrative story pieces? Mm -hmm. That's one of the signposts of God to me that like that our God, the God of the Bible is a God of story and that somehow that resonates in us. So that that's why like authors, even non-believing authors, yep. like like needing purpose and needing characters to resonate with the story, like that the story of their their upbringing is the story that um, was told from their grandparents. Like, I don't know, that we're re reliving stories, kind of. Yep. I think that uh, Jesus reliving the story of Moses is something that resonates as important. So yeah. I'm glad that you unpacked it. Yeah, and so speaking of resonance, I'll say that one of the things that drew me to Christianity way back in the day and continues to do so is that, you know, we'll talk about Christianity being a historically rooted religion, which is true, but concomitant with that is that Christianity is deeply narratival. So it is a true story, a true religion of stories. And as I look around the world with other alternative religions and worldviews, and I hope I'm not sounding 
needlessly mean and nasty when I say this, but when I look at a lot of alternate alternative systems, at least in my view, and from the perspective of the Christian story, a lot of these other ones are pretty anti-narratival, where it's not a story that you're asking to live into, but a system, which to me is a lot harder for us to do as human beings. And instead, as we engage the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jesus, we're, we're entering not an abstract system nearly as much as entering into a story. And hopefully we can find ourselves there. Yeah, I can also see there are some religions that are more story-based, like the Greek and ancient Greek and Rome, but I sure. feel like their stories don't resonate as true, where, like, <laughs> it doesn't feel... Cool, but not true. Yeah, exactly. Like, so when I when I think about, um, I don't know, multiple gods fighting over different aspects of your life, I, I don't know. Maybe For to some people that does feel true. <laughs> For Christmas Eve dinner, I looked at a Philly restaurant and bar for our family to go to called Lita and the Swan. Oh, I don't know that story. Zeus. I, I know the name. I don't. Oh, Zeus. Zeus mm. becomes a swan. Why does Zeus become a swan? You'll have to read the story. It's I'll not just, appropriate for, for this get, audience, actually. I'll just, get, I'll just get Jesse to tell it to me. Okay. Is it appropriate for Jesse? <laughs> sure. Um, moving on. You've distracted me. Now I don't even know where we are. Well, one other thing with presence of the Lord Sun Studios, if this is a two-level story, there's a hardship of the story and then the Old Testament overlays. There are two levels of overlay. When we think about the Old Testament echoes here, one is the mirroring of the Exodus story that we're already talking about. Um, but then additionally, there are direct quotations from, from the Old Testament applied to Jesus' story here. And all of them are interesting to me in, in different ways. So from Jeremiah 31, a voice was heard in Ramah. This is in the context of Herod's slaughter of those children, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Uh, a common feature, and I didn't mention this on Sunday, but a common feature of scriptural quotations in both ancient Judaism and Christianity is when you'll quote something from an earlier set of scriptures, you're not only quoting the verse, but you're quoting the context around it. So here from Jeremiah 31, it's not only that verse, but there's an importation of everything swirling around that verse. So sure. Jeremiah 31 has weeping and mourning in the context of exile. Rama is... Uh, village on the way to exile historically right. when when Israel and Judea were taken captive they went through Ramah right. to Babylon and so you have that but then Jeremiah 31 also is one of the key from the perspective of the New Testament Old Testament passages that talk about the new covenant that God will make later mm -hmm. on with people so there is the Sign overlay posting. both right of the hardship but then also the hope from Jeremiah 31 and then these other two, which have been written about tons, and this is a little Bible nerd, but uh, from Hosea 11.1, 1, Old Testament prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. That was the context where out of Egypt I called my son. That son is pretty Moses. clearly Israel, oh. the, the people of Israel, not a messianic passage at all. But then Matthew, an inspired gospel writer, feels free to recontextualize that passage and cast it within a deeper meaning of the Son not being Israel collectively, but Jesus specifically. 
not Egypt in the past, but a bondage in the present and the future out of which Jesus is leading his people. Right. And I see two things from that. Like one is kind of a uh, another tangent because I like tangents. Mm-hmm. But that ta- tangent is um, like when you I think that this story helps like if you if you close your eyes and really think through the story and don't just like be like my kids who are just kind of half listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, that idea of Jesus being a refugee, like going to another country, his Mary and Joseph, like being alone. Oh, and I think I, my job has me um, taking photos of people with toddlers. I just think yep. like, we get view parents of toddlers two-year-olds are the worst <laughs> two and three-year-olds they, they and so we actually are talking about the like like hardest time to like have a baby to two years old and that's when you're when that's <laughs> when you're actually like experiencing being a refugee i know like yeah. that i'm saying that half in jest but it's like actually true like it's really hard to like have a three-year-old i i don't know maybe not jesus that's true but like did you like our three-year-olds? And if you think <laughs> they, they were the best, especially that one. And if you think that having a having a kid in Haddon Heights Audubon Collingswood Cherry Hill is tough, and Center try. City Philadelphia, and which Center is City my like South Philly, right? The my favorite two-year-olds. Exactly. Um, it was even harder then, and yeah. So then we also had um the the last. So that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Mm-hmm. Did, did that right. make any sense where there wasn't actually a specific, obvious Old Testament reference? Yeah, you like to like to make those clues. It's almost like the Clara clues, like that she's been asking you all these puzzles. Right. Um, but to flesh out that that's not obvious, like we all kind of are like, yeah, Jesus is from Nazareth or whatever. Right. But like you having to piece that together yeah. where where exactly yeah is scholars he scholars have gone hey wait a second that's not actually on the surface in the in the old testament in the hebrew scriptures and so nazarene root word branch brings us back to isaiah 11 1 the jesse tree yeah the jesse tree there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of jesse and a branch nazir from his roots shall bear fruit so jesus as the anointed one as the Messiah, Jesus as the crucified one, nailed to trees cut wood cut from stumps. Right. And the second thing that I that well, you actually are bringing it up. So the but my tangent first mm-hmm. and then secondly, like that your your point about letting Jesus carry your story, like that is feels so important. Like Jesus is part of our story. Um and when we are looking at Christmas with the negative glasses, the non, what's the opposite of rose tinted glasses? Like blue tinted glasses? No, blue, blue screen glasses. It's 1960s campy Batman show when the villains layers were always filmed on a slant. Mm. So, so if you're Batman looking villain at slant <laughs> glasses, if you're looking at life with the slant. Like I often do at Christmas time and January and February. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just knowing that Jesus is carrying our story and he was like from the beginning, uh, this passage is showing us that. That's great. Yeah. Um, also, I'm super fast. Get a new slant has deep resonance for Philadelphia 76ers trauma over the past few years. That That's a famous phrase of process debacle right there. Oh, who came up with it? That, that was part of the Brian Colangelo, the 
the secret Twitter accounts that right. he and his wife were using. Oh, he said the slant thing. His wife one said of, the slant. One of the phantom Twitter accounts jumped said, on get fans slant. saying get uh, in reference to the pro- right. Sixers fans making making fun of the process. How Brian Colangelo, the Sixers GM at the time, his, his how, how he would dress. It was the collars, yeah. So, so <laughs> she came back and said, collars. "Those are normal collar, normal size collars. Get a new slant." But they, yeah, Google everybody, Mister Googly, I mean, Brian Colangelo his, collars, and yeah. you'll see you'll his see some things. Collars were very see. slanty. They 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 were they were large. I mean, they're kind they, of they inspiringly they slanty. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you could do the slant. I think that you could pull it off. Like like be Brian Colangelo big collar guy? Yeah, I think okay. I think you should try the slant. Okay, let's, let's do it. <laughs> That'll be my new slant. 2022, um, here we come. On that note, let's move to muddying the waters where mm-hmm. we muddy the waters because Brian Colangelo is not muddying the waters, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> when you I, I feel like you've already mud, covered this question. Like you've you this the sermon was difficult to construct. You're your context we really have covered this entire section <laughs> oh there's more <laughs> what context I'm were you a, trying to I'm engage a professional. there's always more okay what what else do you want to muddy the waters with so the one of the challenges behind the scenes of a passage like this and, and there, there are a couple of podcast phrases that i hear podcasters use a lot that i never want us to use on this podcast one is when there's dead space or going and like checking on something when one of the podcasters says, this is great podcasting, like total, total cliche, right? So we don't do that. And, and then also... I mean, I do dead space you because I like stare at you and Right, but, but we don't say saying. this is great podcast. This is, yeah. So we don't do stuff like that. And, and, and then also uh, when people say this might be a little bit inside baseball, have, do you know that phrase too? Or, or is that more like sports podcasts? Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> this is not inside baseball, but this is going backstage with the sermon. Totally different. One of the challenges of a passage like this, so two voices of text, uh, there's the indicative and the imperative. So imperative is, hey, you've got to do this, and there are commands. Indicative is there's just declarative sentences about you know something happened. This story is completely in the indicative and there there's no imperative so mm-hmm. having to draw it out was yeah harder. There, yeah there, there there's not an easy oh because the bible says this you need to do this instead so i did spend some time thinking about how how to apply a passage of scriptures which is deeply narrative and also has no indicatives and so what i came up with was letting jesus carry your story which was a way Janice-like to tie in with Jesus carrying all of these Old Testament promises. Wait, what like? The Janice is the Roman god of doorways, looking backwards and, and forwards. You, I have you, not you, heard of that. You one. just made me sound like a dork, baby. You, I mean, you, you already started yeah. off by the inside baseball thing. That was really like sermon nerddom. The yep. yeah, like that. That I mean, I get the point. I think the point you could have just said like it's more story based, and there's no like command i don't know that indicative is a necessary term for most of us but yeah this is great podcast so <laughs> letting jesus carry our story as jesus is carrying the story of israel here there's an invitation i think within this story to let jesus carry us as well and i tried to get across this idea that we do 
in various ways give ourselves over to stories and let them carry us anyway. So why not Jesus? Right. Yep. I think that's good. I mean, I again, I feel like I covered this in the last section because that was <laughs> basically what I was saying. This <laughs> is a great point that you made <laughs> out of all of this. So this is really like muddying the waters is really the redux of the last section. Oh, um, Longtime all- listeners know I love these these uh, podcast structures that we've set up, but it's all about sequencing them. You went straight to the double <laughs> IPA, deeply out of order. So yes, Jesus is carrying our stories, and, and that's where I used uh, my friend Stephanie from the from this drama and debate yeah. tournaments with Pearl Jam, and then in additional to that, letting Jesus carry carry our struggles. Going back at that point to the the trauma of the slaughter of innocents and the in the refugee story, and hopefully this is something that that was able to speak both to committed Christians and people that that were not committed Christians or you know skeptics or seekers, because there is a lot of things that bum us out, especially during the Christmas season. Right. And letting Jesus find a home for those things for you. Yeah, I think that is important. Like if you're walking into Christmas and you are mostly coming from a just like let's give gifts to each other, let's decorate and make it happy and yeah. cheerful. And you're not understanding um, there's a nice baby in the manger and it's cute. Babies right. are cute. Toddlers are not. That yeah. um, there's toddler life that there's when even worse than that, there's there's what you were talking about, mass murder and fleeing and, and needing refuge yeah. in a different country. Um, there's that the Bible in Christmas is addressing super hard times um, mm-hmm. and kind of can deal with the hurts and complications in our lives too. Yeah. So that's important as we face, as we go into Christmas just a couple of days from now. Um, can we move into bar bands cover tunes? No, there's no more. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, wanting wanting to sound the note of the cross. So it is it is hard, or I think it's, it's a constructive challenge for, for Christians to keep in view Christmas, Good Friday, and Easter. So there, there may be some... You know, Christian traditions that are all about Good Friday. That's where Jesus died on the cross. Uh, but then not as much about, hey, but we remember that Jesus was resurrected again. Or, you know, Christmas is great. You have little baby Jesus, the whole Ricky Bobby, I love baby Jesus, the best sort of thing. But then, hey, we remember, too, that this Jesus grew into a man and lived with us, died for us, and rose again. So I did want to carry that note of, redemption the, yeah redemption by way of sacrifice sure. so as we as we love the sentiments of christmas eve we remember the hard truths of good friday as well right that's that's important let jesus carry that part of our story too um i think that's i think it is a good i think part of your preaching um philosophy to make sure that we're grounded in remembering Christ crucified and resurrected yeah. as a both sacrifice and as a something to celebrate. Yep. Um, and if again, I do nothing else in my preaching. Yeah, really important as we approach Christmas again with the uh, presents and wrapping paper mm-hmm. um, to remember this bigger picture of what we're celebrating is important. Yep. And moving to bar band cover tunes as we talk about this, you did yes. shout out, you shouted, shouted out your own blog. Um <laughs> But connected That's to right. that, connected to that, you know, you talked about your mom um, in your blog oh. um, and what what going back and doing Christmas with your parents means every year as, mm-hmm. as she uh, fades with Alzheimer's. Um, and I think 
that is the context or like that's a context here for a lot of us that every Christmas there's there's change that's happening like I don't know this is our last Christmas with a high schooler like he'll go off to college next year he'll be returning from Christmas for Christmas right and we'll be entering another phase of life I think that everyone has that everyone has complicated family stories everyone like not that going to college is complicated but um again I take pictures of a lot of people so people with toddlers and newborns and uh dealing with in-laws at that stage is a different story than where we are now with like seeing your mom fade um that's I don't know that's a it's a it's a good context to not a good context but a one of the contexts of Christmas that I think you're addressing yeah and I I don't want to lock myself in in my communication ministry including preaching to only being able to speak to my own age and stage. That is a that is a pitfall for for preachers and pastors. That's why I talk about toddlers. <laughs> yes. So I think it was underappreciated by us in our twenties and thirties, the melancholia that can come with the Christmas season later on. So mm-hmm. at earlier stages of being a little bit younger and, and having kids, Christmas was all about being harried by all of these little rugrats running around and then feeling undervalued and underappreciated by other family members and friends that didn't have toddlers and babies right. that, that, that didn't get the struggles that we were in. Oh, they point. got it. They just but were too tired. There we go. Well, and oh, then oh, yeah, some looking them, on the some other of them side. Too tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm too tired. <laughs> exactly right. So, so they, they now in our 40s, when we're past the toddler stage, we're we're not we're not ignorant. We're just tired, <laughs> <laughs> and they're happy to pay it forward negatively by like, hey, you know, we you have, have a to struggle cute kid, this phase. but right. Can I give your kid more candy? That would be helpful, I'm sure. There we go. <laughs> and I think it was undercommunicated to us, or maybe we just weren't listening in our 20s and 30s from people in 40s and later about how at this stage of life. Christmas does come every year with more pathos related to right. transitions of seasons. Right. So that's that's sadnesses and losses and yeah yeah they they don't decrease. Right. Um. So yeah. But anyway, I will plug your blog. I think that your writing is uh, this is it's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to like. You actually, actually compliment me more in this podcast. Than I know in real it's life. really this a is struggle. This is why it's why we're doing it. <laughs> But go on. I'm sorry I cut you off there. Please. I need, to, I need to backtrack and make my podcasting philosophy a little bit. You know, I uh, think you were talking about my blog. Let's let's stay. On I track was here. kind of afraid of. I felt a compliment coming. I was afraid. I was afraid of being the kind of person who, like, in in a podcast forum, is just always trashing her husband because I feel like that's not like a great look. So was I true? Was like mentally avoiding criticizing you too much. Um, I'll just stop at read his his blog. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there was more that you wanted to say there, but you self-edited. What Emily was going to say was that she really, really likes the blog. I'm. Uh, you also shouted out Patrick McAdams, which I want to say I would give a shout out to because he's doing the the good work of of uh, editing you a little bit more. <laughs> I get that tired. I also get tired of editing you. So yeah, our, our 
our digital ministry director, I, I mentioned during the sermon that Pat and I met last Friday to talk through more content offerings coming down the pike. I think we landed on the title for our next podcast that we're going to be are producing. Are we drum rolling it or are you going to? In, in the new year. No, we're not going to. Yeah, 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 we're yeah, not yeah. going to de- debut it yet. I think it's a keeper. How long was any guesses? And Pat, including on Friday, uh, would, would would occasionally say things like, "Ah, Jim, I don't think that idea works." And then occasionally, like, "Jim, I think you could get fired <laughs> if we go with this." And I was like, "Okay, let's let's go in a different direction." And I I, <laughs> I, I wasn't able to mind. write quickly enough, but you you said something like the this effort, this digital ministry's effort is to do your lifestyle something of choice. What was it? We want Liberty Collingswood to be your lifestyle brand of choice. Brand, lifestyle brand. Yes. Um. <laughs> Which was only half facetious. I I do, so third way walk in worldview. Right. Uh, I, I do want what Liberty Collingswood is able to offer to people to give some. You want me to stop listening to my Bachelorette podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I know what this is speaking about. Of, speaking of women of the internet. Right. No, actually, it, it makes sense. Like, I I do find it interesting that you genuinely can build um, a community through internet connection points. And um, why not let church be one of those? Yes. A <laughs> couple other bar band cover tunes here. Um, I did. Did you catch in the sermon about how horrible Herod was? Like, he, he killed his wife, oh one of gosh. his wives. He, yeah. he killed his son when... He when was he was real... about when he was about to die, he slaught he told his officials yeah. to slaughter people in other oh towns to, so that they have something to painting cry about. the real life picture. Yep, and leaders have not. Yeah, our leaders today. Oh, I thought you said are leaders bad. like king leaders. No, no. Oh. Sorry, I'm not full of the references you are. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Herod was no leader. But the pictures of leadership, the it's. It was it was graphic, it was vivid. Yeah, and for listening. if globally speaking, we live in an era of the ascendance of strong men. Again, there's a cover story in the Atlantic, I think, in the December issue about that. They Unfortunately, that there's 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 nothing new under the sun. Caesar Augustus yeah. said about Herod, "It is better to be Herod's pig than his son." Ooh. So. I wonder if that could be said of you. <laughs> <laughs> We'll ask. We'll ask our children. I do, I do love some barbecue. Give me those burnt ends. Oh my gosh! And Edward Said, a Palestinian American who wrote Reflections on Exile. I I think I got. I've I've never read a full. I've read a couple of essays by Said. I've never read a full length book by him. I think I got this quote from some materials on Robert Stone, the late 20th century author, and I should have checked this. I forget if this was his biography or a, or a collection of writings of, of his own. But Stone, in talking about Jerusalem and how there had been many exiles from Jerusalem over the years, I actually had a great Robert Stone quote about hope being bound, bound up in Jerusalem cut it. that I cut. It, it, was a, uh, it was a late... So quotes, the later a sermon gets, the less effective quotes are because people mm, are tuning out. Yeah, tuning Looking out. They watch. can't listen anymore. And when you say a quote, you need to ask them to tune back in. So I cut it. But Saeed, I think a really powerful quote about how he said, hey, in our minds, exile can sound adventurous, romantic right. and exciting. But it's really, it's really hard. Not. It's an essential sadness that can never be surmounted. Right. 
nothing can overcome the crippling sorrow of the estrangement of exile. The achievements of exile are permanently undermined by the mm-hmm. loss of something left behind for other, forever. Mm-hmm. And I did throw out that among deacons at Liberty Collingswood, there, there are some initial conversations about how we could do more with refugee care. We actually had a connection with refugee care mm-hmm. through a local South Jersey ministry organization in the late 2010s that mm-hmm. we had a high degree of participation in. Unfortunately, that ministry folded. It wasn't a ministry out of Liberty Collingswood, but we right. had a lot of Liberty Support. Collingswood folks volunteering over there. M- maybe again, because yeah. even in New Jersey, we continue to receive to yeah, receive refugees. And it, it does resonate like that home is so important and central. And so if you're home, if you're fleeing your home because of something happening in your, your country, your, yeah. the place you love, the place that you grew up, it, it just to start over because of that right um that that quote's great resonates is true yeah um peeling back a little bit how do you how do you choose your quotes like if you don't know the source of this like what are you doing like do you have this cloud of quotes somewhere (laughs) you do i uh, or yeah i do have i do have a cloud of quotes (laughs) a a cloud of quotes from what is that what is that cloud called uh it's a document called jim's quotes <laughs> oh come on and, you're branding how can yeah. it be a brand how can you how can you advocate well, this, being a brand if, the, if this quote called... document i i would be lost without it I've, I've built it over many years and when i had a hard drive crash from a couple of years ago i actually lost a year or two of quotations that i spent a lot of time trying to get back do you like I, marcate I think the ones gone. that you've used or do you just like to do you delete them are they thematic are they sorted by uh, uh they're they're not sorted but they they're keyworded so for example for the sermon um i did keyword searches through all my quotes documents Wait, for do you exile add, and do you refugee. add your keywords or do you like i add the keywords you didn't wow. know this i've been doing it for years well i knew you did something with kindles but also non-Kindle books. Yeah, the quote system. I can talk more about that another time. But, I'm but just yeah, curious. that's so, what this, po- this uh, podcast yeah, is no, for, right? That, that's fair. That's fair. This is backstage <laughs> with the sermon. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I've recently on Kindle, I've read both a biography of Robert Stone and a collection of essays by Robert Stone. And in real time, right now, I There's, forget if this quote your, is your from Jim's quote. Doc is flooded. I with would have stone. to. I would have to. Conf- I would have to consult the quote doc. But I did read it. I promise. That's a boy to your life. Yep. Um. Okay. Any other references you referenced Indiana Jones, which I, I guess I saw. But yeah. So th- these are the more guitar slim pickings, right? Pl- plane train. This is a reference. You referenced. There were in. Oh yeah. Specific references. Yeah, that's true. I I defer. Do. You were right. You're right. Go on. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles was also like connected to to Indiana Jones. I noticed mashup. Um, I did watch with Jesse and Clara, and yes, I know that's why. Yeah, over Thanksgiving. Over Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I was it's like, great. why are you making them watch this movie. again? You just made them watch it like P- last people year. People who watch holiday movies. Everybody except you um, enjoys a I holiday really rewatch. You're you're not holiday. a rewatchable. I just also don't like holiday movies. I I don't like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> that is maybe Home Alone. I think that's about it. Which you haven't seen in decades. No, I've seen it with the kids, oh, like okay. some kid, some kid at some point. So within the last eighteen years, <laughs> I've seen it at least once. Bruno Kirby, R.I.P. <laughs> um. Okay, fine. We'll move to gar- guitar slim pickings. What left left leftovers do you have? 
So, and you're right, there is a fine line between bar band cover tunes and guitar slip pickings. But um, uh, I enjoyed talking about grunge a little bit. So Stone, Stone Temple Pilots, Temple of the Dog, Soundgarden, the big two being Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Jesse whispered to me that she watched a Pearl Jam documentary in English. Really? Yes. (laughs) Is that appropriate? (laughs) Is is it the English teacher that we've been talking about lately? Probably, (laughs) probably so. That is really interesting. That that explains a lot of things. I've made Jim sigh. I've yeah. Okay, the 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 wheels are turning, but uh, local (laughs) education systems, notwithstanding the right. So so grunge and, and and I did there one of the. There was a person at after church I was talking to, relative newcomer to Liberty Collingswood. Uh, I told him that I had lied in the sermon, and I think I caught him off guard just because it's like, wow, I, <laughs> your pastor, yeah, a pastor just told I, me that they I, lied during the sermon. Right. So I I didn't take the time to clarify that I personally was not a huge fan of grunge back in the I back see. in the you day. So I, I just the, made a general the royal point. the royal we of right. people who like it. It was the soundtrack of our lives yeah. back back then. So yeah, I was I was not huge into Pearl Jam and shocking really Nirvana. I I wasn't a super angsty teen. I was too busy being preppy. Surprise. I wasn't the angsty teen. I was, <laughs> I was the angsty I teen. I was a preppy teen. But I didn't listen to grunge like, either. These, these khakis are great. <laughs> what, what do I have to be angsty about? Also got a, a Tom Petty reference in there. I missed it. How so did I? How could I have missed it? When, when, well, I, I didn't say the words Tom Petty. I know. Uh, Jesus did have sure. to live like a refugee. That's Tom Petty song. You don't have to live like a refugee. So... That's the whole reference there. It was it was really random. And then, M, what's your what's your take on my 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 decorated career as a debater in in high school? There are many things about you that make me feel like I I really would not have liked you in high school. But <laughs> probably debate would have been fine, except that I, you're yeah. I won't even go into that. You have a story about debate debate that is also compromising the jacob power story yes okay we'll we'll save that for another yeah time. let's do that later yep. um my little tidbit is that <laughs> what you already covered the simon garfunkel earlier because yeah. you were talking about things earlier right but uh josiah started like laugh chuckled to himself josiah who never oh. usually doesn't do anything so i wasn't sure face. was he like laughing because he was thinking you were wrong or was he laughing because he liked the reference I have no idea. He's he's inscrutable. I I didn't notice that he registered. Well, he did say. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't <laughs> particularly visible. I, I wonder if he reads the blog. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. I wonder. Um, also, all these things are ba- bar band cover tunes. They're not guitar slim pickings. Mm, well, like, you know, uh, the an oblique Tom Petty throwaway line. That's I, a I'd cover. A it's a reference. It's a reference. Yeah. The, the the you in the guitar slim pickin section you have any leftovers a story story behind the sermon trivia something you wish you could redo inside baseball okay moving on right encore yes. Colin Wills we do have <laughs> um, we do have some people questions. want an encore <laughs> <laughs> we have some questions we have a we have a friend writing in to the podcast crew mm-hmm. really he's writing into you because um yeah. 
<laughs> I, uh, let's, yeah, let's read these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, light question. What is the song that opens the sermon podcast? It always kicks in just as the sermon starts, and I want to hear the whole thing. Right. So, and what's and, the sermon? What what does it sound like? I don't. I can't even hear it in my head. Do 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 do. Uh, a whole new world. A whole new no. But yeah. So <laughs> the so the, this is where I could get in trouble again. This is not a licensed song, unfortunately. But Shocking, we'll really. we'll see if that comes back. You know, once Liberty Collinswood really takes off, I as think a he just brand. wants to hear the song. So like uh, like just tell him the song. Uh, maybe uh, I I thought about putting it at the end of the podcast this time, but that could no. Run I into think that flags YouTube. Yeah. So uh, there is a I'm a mostly CD person, but there is a CD and vinyl record label in the UK called Ace, and they put they put together a lot of like compilation of vintage music. So this answers this is an old long. CD called Intoxica, strange and sleazy instrumental sounds from the SoCal, Southern California suburbs. So this is a compilation of mid-1960s instrumental sleaze rock. (laughs) (laughs) Is that genuinely uh, a thing? Yeah. Instrumental uh, sleaze rock. The the first song off of that compilation is called Intoxica by a group called the Ravels. So you're introing your your sermons with Sleaze rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually think that's the answer he wanted. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the second question he's writing. Seek and you shall find. Um, I'm understanding Christianity differently than I did when I was a much younger person. I have an elementary question that I've been thinking about, especially in reflecting on the last two sermons. So after hearing Jim's message to reach out to others and be more willing to sort of be on the side of the person who has no one, especially this season. I've been inspired to reach out to family who have been disconnected from each other, who have had difficult relationships with each other. In so doing, or in doing so, I've seen some changes within these people that I have never expected. Here's the question. Is God working through people without them knowing it? I know this isn't exactly the topic of sermons, but I'm thinking here of the direct revelation, is that the word, to Joseph, to vacate the various locales to save the young Jesus. Are people moved by God without realizing that they are being moved by God? It's a great question. Yeah, that that is a great question. I appreciate it being sent in. Do, do we say the first names of people that write in, or, or do we not? I mean, I think you can just because he signed it. But if you right. want to remain anonymous, just yeah. So tell us that you want to remain anonymous. So, yeah, for... Tony, thanks for writing in here. And the, that is a great question. That The theological category that, that comes to mind is what, what theologians in the church have called providence. That's God's orchestration as a symphony director of life, the universe, and everything. And so I think, number one, it's really cool that you're reaching out uh, to family members, maybe in the midst of dysfunction, uh, to people that that may be alone and i would say i would say for sure god is at work all around us in ways uh in ways that we recognize in ways that we don't recognize mm-hmm. there there are plenty of bible stories where where god's at work behind the scenes and yeah, the book of proverbs talks about how 
the king's heart is in the Lord's hands. He directs the heart of the king as, as rivers. Um, and yeah, so God is at work, not in ways that we can always say point A to point B. I think that where within Christianity, Christians can get into trouble sometimes. And Tony, I'm not saying that you're implying this, but being able to name exactly what God is doing, uh, just right. based on events or people doing different things. So oh, this th- is definitely right. This, this is definitely because God, God yeah. wanted to do X, Y, and Z. I, I don't think we're ever given that level of of disclosure. Yeah, but God's at work uh, by His Holy Spirit all around us all the time. So I would say keep pressing into that, and it's also an opportunity uh, to to pray. So mm-hmm. pretty frequently. When I enter into a hard conversation with somebody, I'll, I'll do some praying about it beforehand and ask God to be at work uh, in that person's life and heart or in this family situation, even apart from the intentionality and agency of the people, hoping and praying that God can superintend over those processes. So keep up the pressing ahead there, there Tony, and, and know that there is a deeper providence at work. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, and a good re- reminder as we approach five days until Christmas. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are hard family situations. There might be hard friend situations or um, just people you know, acquaintance yep. situations where um, reaching out and just showing showing love, showing grace is is really part of Christmas. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Pay it Merry forward. Christmas. Free grace. Uh, any last words, closing, closing words for the end of the year? Right. So we are going to be taking a break for the next couple of weeks. Helen Wolves out there. Oh, by the way, the writing in is postsundayblues at gmail.com. Feel free to keep those comments coming. Tony, thanks for that email from a couple of days ago. Yeah. The next podcast is going to drop on Wednesday, January 12th. So... We're going to take our own long yeah, I'll, winter's I'll be nap. On a, I'll be on a private island. <laughs> in your mind. In or maybe you are and you just haven't told me. So <laughs> either just, just keep me in the loop as needed. I could podcast from my private island, probably. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> if I'm on a private island, I'm not podcasting. Okay. I, I just want our Helen Wolves to, to know that. So taking a little bit of break. Thanks for a great fall. And yeah, our, our listenership, I think... You know, this has been the largest season of listenership for the podcast. Not that that's anything in itself, but it's it's <laughs> nice to be part season. of something that. Well, no, we started. Oh, uh, are you? Th- call- this is a calendar year. Oh. We started last January. Are we on season? What are you, are you calling this? A se- like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah. Let's say this is the end of season two. Season three coming. This is in season two. January. Can can you believe it? Uh, thanks for being a part and listening. Be on the lookout for more content. In addition to building out uh, things like the blog, we do have, we're, we're going to, the goal is to start two more podcasts in our feed. We're going to start one before the other. And also, last thing to throw out, and maybe this is where Pat gets nervous because we haven't landed the plan on this, but but hey, let's let's uh, let's give ourselves some positive pressure here, Pat, to say, let's, let's do this. There's going to be some merch coming down coming down the line too have, have you heard about the uh the coffee mugs i have not heard about the coffee okay mugs. so behind the scenes we're working to get post sunday blues a preaching post-mortem coffee mugs like the artwork for the podcast so it will be my mug on a mug on a mug meta i mean you can't use meta <laughs> <laughs> on that note how was it 
That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy. Happy.